everyone and welcome to episode number 96 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 149 of WrestleTopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And we are a little over a week away until NXT deadline going down live from the PC on Saturday, December 10th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific only on Peacock as we wind down the PLE season for WWE with a unique matchup known as the Iron Survivor Challenge. And we have four participants for the men and women lined up for the men under the brain trust of Shawn Michaels, Molly Holly, Alundra Blaze, Road Dog, and Sean Waltman, a.k.a. X-Pac. The four men who have qualified for the Survivor Challenge are... Carmelo Hayes, J.D. McDonough, Grayson Waller, and Joe Gacy with the fifth man to be determined via a wild card triple threat match next Tuesday on NXT during the go-home show for NXT Deadline. For the ladies, qualifying for the match include Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Zoe Stark, and Kiana James with the fifth member to be announced via a wild card match next Tuesday on NXT as well. So I cannot wait to see how this crazy-ass concept is going to play out and how in the hell the fifth person is going to score multiple pinfalls or submissions in the last what 10 or so minutes we'll see about that as we get ready to embark on one of the craziest concepts in wwe history will it work we'll find out next saturday but before then let's get to the penultimate episode prior to our go home show going down last night as we kick off the show with roxanne perez versus indy hartwell they've been beefing recently as roxanne perez wants to be everybody's friend meanwhile indy hartwell is all about her business her wins and qualifying for this iron survivor challenge and she puts up a good performance against Roxanne Perez who sets the tone perfectly with a double rotation her Karana the grounds Indy for a moment Indy fights back with an airplane spin that makes her dizzy as she sends Roxanne face first into the top turnbuckle before booting Roxanne between the ropes at one point as well the knocks her on the floor but Roxanne fights back with this beautiful arm drags some chops to Indy as well a dive on the outside but Roxanne is going to be grounded by a couple of lariats courtesy of Indy Hartwell and power slams to boot before she goes for the hidden blade but Roxanne and ducks and lands a kick to Indy Hartwell goes to Pop Rocks but she can't get over at first but ever the Wiley veteran she's going to beat down Indy Hartwell lower her down a bit more land Pop Rocks for the win and she enters her place in the Iron Survivor Challenge at Deadline next Saturday on Peacock and I thought this was a fine match one of Indy's better matches on NXT and Roxanne is a pros pro out there as full command of the audience even though they were kind of dry during the show last night but she's great and she is is really going to be a centerpiece of any women's division she's a part of in WWE for years to come. Next up is... The returning Dijak, formerly known as Dominic Dijakovic, going up against Dante Chin. And this match was a squash bout, to say the least, as Dijak immediately chokeslammed Dude, but not for the win as he continued to beat him down in the corner with forearm strikes. And Dante mounts a brief comeback, a brief flurry of glory, but he's grounded with a big boot and the feast your eyes knee strike by Dijak for the win. And Dijak grabs a mic to remind everybody he is the symbolism of justice. He's going to dish out his own brand of justice to the NXT locker room from Wesley to Braun Breaker, anybody's got a belt 
belt. He's coming for you to dominate, take over, and be the guy on NXT. I could have done without the words like eviscerate and eradicate and that kind of bullshit, but I like Dijak. I think he's supremely talented. I'm happy he's getting a push on NXT getting back in the ring, kicking ass per the usual. I will say a couple of things. He's giving me Punisher vibes from Marvel. No lie with the whole I am justice gimmick. And I will say that the just for men has been hitting a little bit too hard on the beard and the hair. I like the blonde highlights a bit better for me personally. But besides that, he looks great. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do once he's a part of a full-blown feud in NXT in the weeks to come. And it could be against Wesley, Bond Breaker, Apollo Crews. Either situation works for me because I know they're going to deliver in the ring in the best possible way. As we move on to Grayson Waller versus Duke Hudson representing Chase University. And this is an Aussie versus Aussie battle as Grayson Waller refuses to believe that Duke Hudson's on a straight and narrow, trying not to cheat during his match. Is trying to be a good guy for Andre Chase and Thea Hale at the ringside. And Duke Hudson's got an angel and devil on his shoulder as he tries not to cheat, but he cheats by grabbing the hair of Grayson Waller, going for the ropes at one point for a leverage pin that Andre says, no, we don't do that here at Chase U. But Duke Hudson fights through. He has a great comeback with clotheslines, power slams, just whooping ass and really getting the people behind him. He's a great babyface wrestler and he's very charismatic, very talented, and I'm pulling for the guy. But can I trust him is he truly loyal to chase you i do not know just yet we got an answer somewhat to this question as we had grayson waller chasing after duke hudson at ringside and duke almost boots the hell in the face but he pumps the brakes stops himself does the right thing he's got her back but in doing so he gets back in the ring and gets hit with that rolling stunner courtesy of grayson waller as he picks up the win and grayson tells andre chase listen you can't trust this guy i told you so he's a liar he's a cheat He's really not here for Chase U. And Andre shares a glance with him. And I don't know what it means, but it's a very intriguing storyline on NXT thus far. And I got to call out Thea Hale because I can tell you something about her character work that pleases me. She gives me broad and over the top, but it's not too broad. It's not too hammy. It's just ham enough for it to be perfect. And she reminds me so much of Sherry O'Terry from SNL years ago. And Duke Hudson is her real feral, reminding me of the Spartan cheerleaders gimmick involving Craig and Ariana. That is what I see in Thea Hill and Duke Hudson, the living embodiment of that skit from many years ago. And they play those notes perfectly. And Thea Hill is great at her job. She does just enough exaggeration. Her physical comedy is awesome. It reminds me a lot of Billy Kay. She maximizes her minutes on screen. It's not over the top. It's just enough to give me ham cheese sandwich in the best possible way. Shout out to Thea Hell, who is going to be somebody someday. You see the in-ring work every now and then. She's not bad at all. Needs more time, but she's got the character down, which is going to be a great asset to her in WWE for years to come. As we move on to the greatness of of big body Javi, Javier Bernal, and Mackenzie Mitchell. Their repertoire backstage continues to amaze me. Their chemistry is everything, and Mackenzie is flourishing in this role as being the straight woman 
to this idiot and Javi who is hawking pillows, stank ass cologne, a baseball bat allegedly belonging to the brother of Aaron Judge known as Adam Judge for whatever reason. Javi is fucking hilarious and Mackenzie is giving him absolute shit every step of the way. This week, Axiom actually shows up and challenges Javi to a match and Mackenzie jumps back in the frame after smelling that stinky cologne and says, hey, here's a guy you've been challenging for the last two or three weeks on the show and the match is official for later in the night and I love this so much. Mackenzie and Javi work great together. NXT knows the magic they produce together. It's not forced. It's absolutely hilarious and I want more every single week. Take this act on the main roster someday. It will be golden in the best possible way. Next up is Kiana James versus Fallon Henley. This match is fine. I like Kiana's gimmick of being an accountant, real estate agent. She's got more initials than Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, but the rest holds for me. Just kills the floor for matches. They got to change up that structure because I can't believe her on offense because I've seen her work in the past. I want a bit more of an even matchup between herself and her opponent, but it was all right as Fallon Henley fights back to a pretty good babyface pop. She gives chase to Kiana at ringside, but Kiana uses her bag to block a shot. Fallon kicks the bag away, but in doing so, that allows Kiana James to take advantage and land the 401k Bulldog on Fallon Henley for the win as she continues to go after Fallon Henley's family bar for reasons we don't understand just yet. Next up, was supposed to be Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, Jesse Jane, and the NXT Women's Champion, Mandy Rose, versus Nikita Lyons and the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Katana Chance and Kaden Carter. But Zuri Stark attacks Nikita on the main stage for going after her right knee, and she is still clear to compete in the main event now involving the same two teams as Zuri Stark has done enough damage to kind of slow the roll of this match when it counts most. As we segue immediately into Javier Bernal versus Axiom. Axiom's first match backs is getting his knee bent in a very awkward position courtesy of J.D. McDonough a few weeks ago in NXT. Solid matchup. Axiom delivers a rapid fire dropkick to Javi, but he favors that knee immediately as Javi goes on offense by putting in a various submission hose and grounding Axiom until Axiom fights back with a nice superplex off the top rope and a superkick to Javi for the win a short time later. Fun matchup. Axiom is great, but this is all about selling the knee injury to recover, rebound, get back just in time for possibly deadline if he qualifies via the wildcard matchup involving Von Wagner himself and Andre Chase. And knowing Ducatson, it will cost Andre the win, and I'm going to go with Axiom, hopefully for the win, because I think he'll be a nice spark in this Iron Survivor Challenge match, a deadline. But as always, we shall see as we move on to J.D. McDonough versus Julius Creed. And this match was good. J.D. has been a ring general as of late, just bringing out the best in his opponents. And Julius Creed might have had his best singles match today without any goo-goo and gaga gimmicks, such as an ambulance match against Damon Kemp a few weeks ago at Halloween Havoc. As J.D. went after the back, went after the shoulder of Julius Creed. And Julius is going to pick up J.D. from a grounded position from his knees, in fact, from a seated position, uses his knees for leverage and delivers a vertical suplex for a near fall, followed by that snap power slam as well that always gets me. Julius is amazing. He's going to be so great someday once he gets everything together. At one point, he goes for a fucking vertical leap on the apron to suplex J.D. McDonough, but J.D. fights back with a moonsault on the outside. The action does spill back to ringside as we have J.D. blatantly cheating to hit Julius in the back with a steel chair. Sangha is going to push Julius out of the way, and he's going to take 
the chair shot to the back. He no-sells it. He stares down JD as referee calls for the bell to draw a DQ. And Julius and Brutus are warned, courtesy of Sangha and Veer Mahan, that we want you at your best. We want you at 100% for our match at Deadline. Good luck to you. It should be noted that Ivy Nell confided in Jamie McDonough in the Diamond Mine Dojo that she has no faith in the Creed Brothers beating and share at Deadline. Now, she's very leery of this match. She loves her guys, but she realizes, damn, these dudes are big and they can whoop your ass and you're underestimating them. And we'll see how it plays out at the PLE next weekend. But yeah, this is going to be a case of green leading green horses versus horses we'll see how they fare if it's laid out perfectly and they are just asked to do enough and not too much at the end of the day next up is von wagner versus malik blade and this match was okay i will say there was a messy roll-up attempt by blade to wagner for a near fall they actually got the crowd going for a second but blade showed a lot of heart because von wagner ripped the vest off of malik blade the vest that belonged to his dad and he's very sensitive about that his father has passed away in recent years but von wagner has no heart but malik blade showed a lot of heart we're going after von wagner with the drop kicks he was trying to ground the big man at various points with his flashy offense goes up top for a splash but von gets the knees up boots him and lands the attitude adjustment for the win he continues to beat down Malik Blade until Idris Anofe makes a save he gets booted as well courtesy of Wagner until Odyssey Jones comes out and they get into a big hoss battle at Slugfest which results in Odyssey Jones clotheslining Von Wagner out of the ring a match between these two is going down imminently and it should be something as the green will lead the green once again Odyssey Jones has come back from a knee injury that kept him out of action for roughly eight to nine months Wagner is improving but as you saw last night against Malik Blade there is still work to be done because once again green leading green can lead to sloppiness which we got last night via this match did not get that a couple of weeks ago against von wagner versus breaker because von breaker is a unicorn that comes around every 20 years and he's just great and he's going to bring greatness out of your opponents as he continues to get better after each outing as well but the growth in von wagner is unmistakable just needs a bit more refinement around the edges to be a more complete performer in the years to come as we move on to the main event of nxt involving toxic attraction Gigi dolan jesse jane the nxt women's champion mandy rose versus nikita lyons and the nxt women's tag team champions katana chance Akata, carter an early high spot was carter and chance going after the nxt women's champion mandy rose with some nice double team spots we got a nice triple kick spot involving lyons carter and chance against toxic attraction as they go on the outside with kaden carter delivering a cross body to Gigi dolan and Katana Chance wrapping out Jesse Jane with a corkscrew plancha on the outside as well. But eventually, Toxic Attraction regained control of the smash by isolating Chance away from her tag team partner and Nikita Lyons. Nikita gets in there and she does clean house. She delivers a nasty kick to Jesse Jane, followed by the jumping splits for a near fall, which is broken up by Gigi Dolan. From there, we got Katana Chance and Kaden Carter working over Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan as Kaden Carter sent into the steps and Mandy Rose delivers a nasty pump knee strike to katana chance wipes her out at ringside nikita lyons gives chase to mandy rose but in doing so Gigi gets a blind tag and Gigi and jesse land the high low on nikita lyons to pin her one two three bad knee and all the match ends with zoe stark on top of the balcony laughing at her handiwork as the next he goes off the air a little after 10 o'clock p.m eastern and we got several feuds lined up. We got Toxic Attraction versus Carter and Chance for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles very soon. 
Lions versus Stark is coming as well. And Mandy Rose is waiting for her opponent post deadline, I suppose. Hopefully it's Roxanne Perez. We'll see about that as we can see the stars aligned for New Year's Evil to kick off the brand new year for NXT in early January, maybe a couple of days after the new year on January 3rd. We'll see about that. But that would be my go-to plan to really build up NXT heading into the new year. All in all, this was a fine episode of NXT. I like the spotlight on the women's division once again. Again, need more development, obviously, in terms of experience and character work. But I like the spotlight shown on the ladies every single Tuesday night to give them the freedom to find themselves in the ring. Everything else is ancillary heading into deadline next Saturday on Peacock. This match concept, the Iron Survivor Challenge. Pray for all of us to see our way through the clocks, the time, the penalties, the pinfalls, submissions, the order of entry. All this math is going to be running in my head and I need Axiom to do real time problems if he qualifies for this match next Tuesday. It's a lot. I hope the concept works. I hope it's not overly complicated, but it seems like it's a chore to get through, but we won't know for sure, for sure, until it plays out at Deadline next Saturday on Peacock. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 96 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on this in my daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do. Search Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Tune Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 89 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.